Welcome everybody to Kenmore Church, and if this is your first time here, you are so, so welcome. I would love to invite you after church uh, to our connections desk. We would love to just con uh, connect with you and meet you personally uh, and, and welcome you to church. There's also a free cappuccino for you after church, so please make your way at the doors on the right-hand side. The connection desk is there, and the team uh, is there to meet you. For the rest of the family, come on, let's welcome our, our guests this morning. You're so welcome. Let's have a look at our family news. We'd like to thank our congregation for their generosity in giving, which allows us to fuel our various ministries. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says to honour the Lord with all your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. You can give through direct debit or online at kenmore.church forward slash give. Ah, winter. The perfect time for fire pits, marshmallows, new friendships and camping. No, we don't camp, we glamp. Join us for a night in a little glampy luxury as we hang out together on a beautiful hidden property in Pullenvale from June 11 to 12 for only $115. There will be opportunity to take light walks around the lake, over rustic little bridges and through the short and easy forest tracks. There will also be games, treats and loads of laughter. This event is fully catered and bell tents and air mattresses are all supplied. For more info and to register, head to our website. For more information about anything that's happening at Kenmore Church, visit our website at kenmore.church or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We hope you enjoy the service. I just want to um, make a couple of announcements to add on that. Um, Maruka Outreach is the 18th of June. Uh, as a church, um, we got the opportunity uh, to take... I'm not sure what the English is, but we took over a building, but it's not our building, but we get to use it. Uh, just to be political correct, it's not our building, but we get to use it. Whatever that means in English, that's the, that's the term I explained it. Good enough. Anyway, we get to uh, um, have a, a sausage sizzle there and uh, the 18th of June, so please head to our website. Uh, we already... Uh, at Tuesday mornings, Catherine is already blessing that community with music in the park. And as a church, we are doing great outreach there. Uh, and Catherine and um, Christine is, is heading up the outreach, and they are doing a phenomenal job. So if you want to be part of that day, the 18th of June will be our Maruka outreach. Uh, so please head to the website if you want more detail about that. Then it's an honor for me to call on Pastor Mark Hodgetts this morning. He'll be sharing the word. And for those who don't know Pastor Mark, uh, that's all of you because it's his first time here. Um, he's from South Africa, but he's my pastor uh, for the last seven years. And uh, we just had a divine connection and... Um, been part of our church back home for the last six years, and actually today is the day, 29th of May, was the six years ago, the very first time Pastor Mark preached for me, uh, and today the very first time he's preaching in Australia, so uh, uh, it's an honor to have you here. So just to give some background, Pastor Mark is 
what I would call a general in the faith, just because uh, over the last, he, he's in ministry from 1976, right? Or is it 74? Either way, it's a very long time. 74, almost going 40 years in full-time ministry, uh, especially in the teaching stream of ministry. He headed up the largest Bible college in South Africa, planting ch- churches across the world, and uh, I've just been inspired by you, and it's absolute an honor to have you here, sir, and uh, we can't wait to hear you. Uh, Auntie Cora, that's back home, we are praying for her as well, I know you miss her, it's the first trip without her, Uh, but welcome to Kemal Church, and thank you for being here and taking the time off to come and bless us. If you're comfortable, will you just extend your hand as we pray for Pastor Mark? Lord, thank you for Pastor Mark and Auntie Cora, and thank you for, for just their Uh, their faithfulness uh, in serving you in the ministry all these years. Lord, and thank you that we are about to receive your word from him. I pray that you will bless him as he is a blessing to us, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says, Amen. I once heard a man start a speech this way. Before I speak, I want to say a few words. So that's what I want to do today. First of all, thank you, Zelvin, for those uh, warm words. Uh, I don't know about the general, maybe general disaster. Uh, But thank you in any case. Thank you for making the connection with this church and for your hospitality that we enjoyed. And then thank you to Pat and Trish uh, for so warmly receiving me and trusting me with a pulpit this morning. So, um, those are the courtesies, and good morning, everybody. Uh, I want to get straight into what I want to share, because, you know, uh, preaching is proclamation, teaching is explanation, and you need much more time. So, I don't preach by the clock, I teach by the calendar, if you're ready for this. but I, I am honored to continue with the theme, uh, Entheos, uh, re-engaging the true God within, and I have uh, looked at and followed what has been shared over these weeks on reset, rediscover, rely, respond, repent, and I'm going to speak about revive. And it's basically, as you will see on the website, uh, the statement was made that you cannot live out your calling without the Holy Spirit's help. So I pray that this message will revive your appreciation of the indwelling Holy Helper, because that's what the Holy and who the Holy Spirit is. I think there is sometimes a great deal of ignorance about the Holy Spirit and His work. And I heard of a man who was asked what the solution was to the problem of ignorance and apathy in the church. And his response was, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> and, uh, but there is ignorance about the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that Paul, when he encountered some believers in Ephesus, they did not even know of the Holy Spirit And while he was there, he wrote uh, to the Corinthian church and he expressed his desire that they should not be ignorant about matters of the Spirit. And I think I share that uh, passion that 
we, we should get to know the Holy Spirit and revive that appreciation. So it's not just ignorance that exists sometimes in the church about the Holy Spirit, but ignorance because the Holy Spirit is sometimes unknown or ignored. And I think it's so vital that we need to get to know the Holy Spirit through the Word, through fellowship with God. So as an introduction, I want to say two things. Firstly, we should appreciate the person of the Holy Spirit, and then we should recognize the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me speak about recognizing Him as a person, acknowledging Him, esteeming Him, honoring Him, uh, and you know, the Holy Spirit is not just an influence or some feeling or a force or a power or a principle at work in the earth today. And I think sometimes we need to explain that he's not a ghost like some people think in a spooky way, a kind of a phantom or an apparition. He's not a mist or a cloud or some haze or a breeze or a cloud. He's not a vague something. He's not an it. He is a person. And uh, in fact, he's more than a person. He's a divine person. And sometimes I think because we refer to him as the third person in the Trinity, we kind of think he's of a lower rank. No, the Holy Spirit is God, just like God the Father, and just like Jesus is God. So I want to start off with a scripture that I think is important uh, to enhance our understanding of the Spirit. Here is where Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to his disciples. In John 14, verses 16 and 17, on the eve of his crucifixion, he said this, he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. That's the Holy Spirit. That he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. See how important it is to know the Holy Spirit. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I think that lines up so beautifully with the in theos um, theme that you have been following. Now, there are two key words that I want to focus on here. In verse 16, Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit as the helper. And it's a very interesting word, in, and I don't want to bother you with the Greek, but it literally in Greek means one called alongside. So it, it, it would be like almost in a court case situation where somebody comes alongside, pleads your case, and uh, affirms your, your good character, that kind of thing. So he's a helper, he's a comforter, encourager, empowerer, strengthener, supporter, standby, intercessor, mediator, counselor, advocate. All of those words are, are uh, summed up in, in, in that one word, uh, uh, parakletos, that is used in the Greek there. Then there is another word, and it's the word another. <laughs> Jesus says, I will give you another helper. And it's a very significant Greek word here because there's another word for another in the Greek, which means um, another one, but different, uh, altered in form, in nature, or in kind and quality. But this word here means another besides, in succession, of the same kind and quality. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. He's not less God than Jesus. 
And Jesus is not saying, you know, it, 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 it'll be so different. Now. It'll be exactly the same as if I were with you, but uh, he will be the one that will follow me. So that is the person of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to say more about helper. Let me just speak briefly about the fact that we need to recognize the power of the Holy Spirit. You must desire to know the person first before you seek the power of the Holy Spirit. And thank God for such a perfect and powerful partner in our lives. But why does Jesus introduce him as the helper? Simply this, we need help. Because uh, all of us do. Some people think, I don't need anyone. I'm independent. I want to show you how absolutely and utterly dependent all of us uh, are on the Holy Spirit, our helper. And I'm going to share uh, a number of reasons why we need this holy helper. I am not uh, apologizing for using many, many scriptures in my message. I'm going to give you a lot. At least those are the parts of my sermon that you can trust and believe. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to consider some statements, and this is for Pat, because he uses alliteration so effectively. Uh, and, and alliteration, I found at my age, is an aid to the memory. Alliterations are always advantageous. <laughs> Uh, but I want to, to give you a number of statements. In fact, I'm just going to give you the key word and then a statement. They all start with the letter P because they're all, all associated with this parakletos. Um, and, and so you can remember these truths more easily. And here's the first key word when it comes to the help of the Holy Spirit, profession. And by profession, I'm speaking about professing or confessing Christ. You could not even confess Jesus as your Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the reasoning behind Paul's statement here? Uh, let us look at how the Holy Spirit kind of brought you to this place of being able to profess or confess Christ. And I'm just going to mention a few of, of his activities in this regard. I don't know we always, don't think we always realize that the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives started long before we were even aware of him. Long before you, you made a decision for Christ, the Holy Spirit was at work in you. And these activities are sometimes overlooked, they're unnoticed, but let me speak a little bit about the pre-salvation work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I think this is the most important thing that he did. He preserved you in a state of savability. I know it's not in the dictionary, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Before you could get saved, he preserved you. Satan could not accomplish his intent with you. He could not push you and humankind beyond the limit of savability. It's a great work of the Spirit in your life. And then he's the one who made you aware of your sin and therefore your need of, of a Savior. Uh, John 16, uh, verses 8 to 11, Jesus is speaking in that same, um, on that same night 
of his, uh, the eve of his crucifixion. And he speaks about the Holy Spirit. And, and I like the living Bible paraphrase here where he says, he will convince the world of its sin. But then it explains in the next verse, the sin of the world is unbelief in Jesus. So not just does he convict of sin, but of a savior, of righteousness. And I think that's, that's important. Even in the Old Testament, if you go and read in, in Noah's time, it says that the Holy Spirit strived. And like Zalban, I'm also uh, sometimes not sure what the English is, whether this is the right past tense. The Holy Spirit strived or strove or had striven <laughs> or strove whatever it might be. But the Holy Spirit was at work in people to persuade them in Noah's time of the wrongfulness of their wicked ways. And even today, the Spirit is still contending with people. And He's still convicting the, sin, uh, uh, the people of the sin of rejecting God's gift of salvation. Then the Holy Spirit was also the one drawing you to Jesus. And I find it very interesting in the last chapter of the Bible, in Revelation 22 and verse 17, that it speaks about the Spirit and the bride, and that's us, the bride of Christ, saying, come. And he, he speaks about the fact that the Holy Spirit draws and invites people to come to Christ, the life giver, to uh, the life-giving waters. So... Uh, let me sum up, otherwise I'll never finish. The rest of the Holy Spirit's work involved with your salvation. He is the one who applied the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus in your life. Go and read 1 Peter 1 and verse 2 and you'll see that. And he's the agent, uh, with great respect, who executed the new birth in you. Jesus said in John 3 verses 5 and 6, he says that... Um, it's only the Holy Spirit that can give this new life, the life from above, the life from heaven. He's the one who baptized you into the body of Christ, made you a member of this body. He's the one witnessing with your spirit that you are a child of God. He's the one basically sealing you, protecting you, preserving you as a, a child of God. So bottom line is this, you could not start your Christian journey without the Holy Spirit. So appreciate that fact and reevaluate that work in, in your life. Now, the, the second key word I wanna give you, I, 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 and, and lack of time prevents me from uh, spending too much time on some of these words, but the second word is purification. Your salvation was instantaneous, but your sanctification is both instantaneous and ongoing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in your life. He purifies. Uh, a, a next key word, progression. So from profession, you go to progression, and he helps you to progress spiritually. I love to look at the progress of the Holy Spirit in, in my life in two ways, growing upward and going forward because he is involved in my spiritual growth, but he's also involved in my spiritual guidance. He leads me. And um, growing upward in John 16, Jesus said that he will guide us into all truth. But it's interesting that he said to his disciples, there's some things that I cannot share with you now. Why? Because you cannot bear them now. And you know, 
Sometimes we're looking for deep revelation and deep truth, but we don't even understand the basic things yet. And the Holy Spirit cannot share grade 12 material if you in grade one spiritually, or maybe in kindergarten. He will share at the right time, but he wants you to grow. And then guiding us, I, I love what it, Jesus said in John 14, 17. He said he will reside with you and will be in you, in theos. I like to put it this way because it's easy to remember. The Holy Spirit is the guide who will reside and abide inside. Amen. And you know what? You, you are actually like a fridge. And I'm not trying to say you're cold-hearted. What I, what I want to explain is this. You have a light inside of you. I don't know if you, if you have the same thing, you know. Uh, for us, I grew up and Sunday lunch was, a, was the big meal. And uh, Sunday evening we had just a, something light. But if I was still awake close to midnight, I would sneak into the kitchen. Now, at least today you have smartphones with... Uh, with a torch, with a light, with whatever. But I, I kind of found my way there uh, to find a midnight snack. And um, for the, the lunch leftovers, I couldn't overcome this addiction, even though I had cold turkey sometimes. <laughs> Okay, some of you will get it later. We'll, we'll talk about that. But, you know, here's the great thing about the fridge. You don't have to switch the light on for the whole family to know that you're there. If you can find your way, when you open the door, what happens? The light goes on. And, you know, sometimes I feel there's such a lesson in this for me. And, and, and let me re read a scripture and then I'll... I'll explain it. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of a man, that's inside, in theos, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So God will sometimes shed light on a specific uh, matter, not on the outside. God doesn't always give us external signs, but he leads us by the light inside. Wow. Wow. And so we, we need to stop looking always for something external and for somebody to bring even a word for us. That should just be confirmation of what God already spoke uh, in us. Okay, let me move on. I just have uh, 76 more words to deal with you, to share with you. Uh, the fourth word that I want to focus on is the word perfection. Because the holy, or, or, or rather, let me say, perception. Uh, because the Holy Spirit will help us to perceive the truth correctly. The principles in God's word, he will enlighten our understanding, and then he will give us the wisdom to practically apply that. Uh, again, John 16 and verse 13, Jesus said, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. Even in 1 John uh, 
John continues on this theme in chapter 2, and he says, the Holy Spirit, you have the anointing, and, and uh, you will know the truth. And I like what the Living Bible says again here in John 2, 27. He says, you've received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, in theos, in your hearts, so that you don't need anyone to teach you what is right. Now, I know this is a, this is a kind of threat for my job security because I'm in the teaching ministry. But he, he doesn't say be unteachable. He's just saying rely on the indwelling teacher. He says, for he teaches you all things. And we need the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, let me be, be very clear about this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will use God's word, the written word. To, to teach you the truth uh, and to help you perceive the truth. I, I heard somebody say this once, if you only rely on the Holy Spirit, you will blow up. If you only rely on the word, you will dry up. But if you have the perfect balance between the spirit and the word, you will grow up. And that's what God wants in our lives. I like what Dwight L. Moody said about the Spirit and, and the Word, he says, the Bible without the Holy Spirit is a sundial by moonlight. Okay, let me, let me continue. Next key word about the work of the Holy Spirit, productivity. And here I'm speaking specifically about producing spiritual fruit actively with the help of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is just the result of the operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How He manifests God's life in us and through us. And there's the entheos again. And you, you obviously uh, should be familiar with the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, and all of those things. Interesting, uh, the word self-control uh, is the last component Paul mentions here. And the Greek word literally means being controlled by a power within. Because yourself cannot control yourself because it's out of control already. You need the power of the Spirit uh, inside of you. Let me, let me make a statement. Listen to this. Your relationship with Jesus determines whether you are a Christian. Your fellowship with the Holy Spirit determines what kind of a Christian you are. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit, those Christ-like uh, characteristics that will come forward in your life. And, and, and please, I know Paul used the metaphor here of fruit. Sometimes when you go to some Christians and you look at their fruit tree, you just see leaves. Or you might even see blossoms. There's a show, but there's no fruit. We must bring those things to fruition. Oh, I don't know if I ever will be invited back after this statement. But I'm going to be brave enough to say it about Christians that only blossom. There are too many blooming Christians around. <laughs> you get the message. <laughs> right. Let me go on before I get into trouble. Prayer is the next key word. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray properly. Uh, Ephesians 2, uh, 18, we know we should pray to the Father 
in the name of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, according to that scripture, is the one who gives us access. And he plays such an important role. And then I love the scripture in Romans 8.26, where he speaks about the Holy Spirit as our intercessor, and he says that he helps in our weaknesses. Now, what are the weaknesses he speaks about yet? He explains it in the next phrase. Here's our weakness. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. He says, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, when Paul here says he helps us, a very interesting Greek word uh, uh, used here, and, and uh, it's, it, it's a long word, sun antilambanomai. One word in, in, in the Greek. It's a compound word. The first part, sun, means together. The second part, anti, means um, or could mean against. And the last word, lambano, means to hold. So literally, it says this. The Holy Spirit takes hold together with against. Wow. You are not fighting battles on your own. He is interceding for you. And, and that's the wonderful thing. And then what is beautiful here, he says, uh, uh, with groanings that cannot be uttered. You know, sometimes you don't know what to pray. And the Holy Spirit, and he comes and he helps you to pray. One of my favorite stories ever was about uh, a little boy who was traveling with his father in a car and on a kind of a uh, desolate, in a desolate area. And, and, and the father heard that there was something wrong with the engine of the car and he decided to stop because he he thought I'd better look at this now because I don't want to be stuck here on this lonely road so he explained to his little boy he said listen I'm just going to look at the engine uh, uh, you just stay here and the boy said can I get out dad and he said yeah sure so um, the father was was opening to look at the engine and and the little boy said Dad, I'm going to pray that God will help us. So within a few moments, the father found the, the fault in the engine, and he decided he wanted to go and listen to what his boy was praying. So he sneaked up behind him, and he heard him saying, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. And he stopped him, and he said, I thought you're coming to pray. He said, I am praying, and he just continued reciting the alphabet. He said, no, 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 you need to explain to me. He says, Dad, our Father in heaven knows exactly what we need. I'm sending up the letters. He must make up the words himself. <laughs> you know, sometimes you cannot even express in prayer what you need from God. But the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. He prays according to the will of God. And he helps us to, uh, to pray in the Spirit. Uh, I think that's important. Oh, my goodness, my, my time is running out here. I, I really have so much more to... Let me, let me speak about the word praise. There the Holy Spirit helps us to worship in spirit and in truth, as Jesus said we should. Jesus also said, the Holy Spirit will glorify me. So if you want to know how to praise, how to glorify Jesus, the Holy Spirit will help you. Proclamation is the next thing. We cannot even proclaim our testimony 
And uh, uh, there's a scripture, again, in, in John's gospel, chapter 15, where Jesus said, I'll send you the spirit who comes from the Father and shows you what is true. This is the, the contemporary English version. He says, the spirit will help you and will tell you about me, and then you will also tell others about me. And Jesus did say this in Acts 1.8. He said, when you are endued with power from on high, he says, the Holy Spirit will come and he will make you witnesses that can proclaim effectively uh, who Jesus is. Preaching is the next key word. We can preach uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit and with his authority Paul speaks about when, in fact, Jesus started his ministry. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to preach. I believe the anointing always has a purpose. The anointing is not just for enjoyment, it's for employment. <laughs> and Jesus was anointed to preach. And, and, and Paul speaks about that in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, my preaching was in the power of the spirit. You know what I have found? Um, I had occasions where people came to me after the service and said, you know, when you said that, it really helped me. And then I think, I never said that. But here's what the Holy Spirit does. He uses what we say in preaching and addresses specific issues in the lives of people. And here's what I believe. He will make people hear things that I have not even said because he's the one preaching uh, uh, that message. Then, then placement is important. Placement in ministry. Acts 13, verses 2 and 4, uh, where, where Barnabas and Saul were called by the Holy Spirit, and he sent them out. He placed them in uh, the ministry. Pastoring. Uh, uh, Acts 20, verse 28, Paul in Ephesus speaking to the elders there, and he says, the Holy Spirit uh, has made you overseers. He's the one helping to shepherd the church of God. The word power, and we I spoke about the power of the Holy Spirit. He's our strengthener, our empowerer. And, and, and we read in 1 Corinthians 12 about the power gifts of the Spirit. So important. And he says that the Holy Spirit works uh, in us and through us. And then in, in another place, Paul warns us, do not quench the Spirit. And, and he reminds us not to despise prophecies and things like that. So the gifts are very important in the life of a church. When he writes to the Corinthian church, he says those gifts, and among other things, prophecy, they are to edify, to uh, bring edification, consolation, and uh, encouragement. So I want to say this. A church where the gifts do not operate, is not properly built up, and it will be a weak church. We need to value the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's protection as the next key word where the Holy Spirit protects us. Uh, and, and, and when we read in Ephesians 6 about the armor of God, he ends it off with, uh, with praying in the Spirit. Peace, uh, an important part of the, of the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, presence. I'm going to conclude with that. And 
I, I like to conclude, uh, I, I sometimes conclude 10 times in one message, so don't get your hopes up yet. <laughs> Presence. We require the help of the Holy Spirit to practice the presence of God. Uh, and um, again, he helps us to realize that God is now in us. You know, in, in Islam, there is a doctrine that says that there are three cities with, uh, with varying degrees of, of sacredness, Mecca, Medina, and Jerusalem. And here's what they say about Jerusalem, who writes third. If you worship in Jerusalem, that act of worship is worth a thousand acts of worship anywhere else. But what did Jesus say to the Samaritan woman at the well? It's not where you worship. It's whom you worship and how you worship in spirit. When we become aware of the indwelling presence of God, you can be anywhere. You can be in a cathedral or a cabin or anywhere else. And you can enjoy that intimacy with God. It's interesting in the time of Noah when the floodwaters were receding, he sent out a dove and we know that that's one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit in other scripture references. Sent out a dove from the ark to see whether he would find a resting place for his feet. And first time in return, couldn't find a place at all. And, and unlike scavengers, a dove will not sit on, uh, on dead decaying flesh. Second time, after seven days, the dove returns with an olive leaf in its beak, still not being able to find a permanent resting place. Third time, it did not return because it found a place where it could remain or abide. And can I say this? I believe today the Holy Spirit is looking for a permanent resting place in people. He wants to be in Theos. He wants you to, to be aware of the indwelling presence of God. I want to pray a prayer for you. I want you to stand, please. And I know I had to rush through so much. You know, that's the, the challenge of, of, of teaching, that you, have, you want to say so much. The time's also always not enough. But maybe you can go and listen to this again. And look up some of those scriptures and re-engage, re-evaluate the person and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and, and see him as that helper, that holy helper who wants to assist you and who wants to, to run to your aid every time that you need it. And that's what I want to pray for you. So let's, uh, let's go to the Father. Father, thank you for the richness of your word. And thank you that you help our human frailties, and our shortcomings, and even in communicating the word. We so appreciate the great indwelling teacher 
the Holy Spirit in our lives. I pray for this church, Lord. Pray for each individual that there will be a renewal and a reevaluation of how precious it is to have an advocate, not with officers somewhere in this city, but an advocate, a counselor, a mediator living in us. Helping us in every facet of life. And I thank you, Lord, as we pursue greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit. That you'll help us to, to understand so that we can become more effective in sharing all these spiritual things that the Holy Spirit has imparted to us because we know that the gifts of God should never stop with us. We're just channels. And I pray that everyone here will become that channel of the Holy Spirit. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, I don't want to let the opportunity go by. If there's anybody here You've heard about intimacy. You heard about a relationship with God. But you're not sure about that. And you're not even sure about where you will spend eternity. The good news is this. You can have that assurance. You don't have to wish or hope or wait one day to find out. The Bible says, if you have Jesus, you have life eternal. I want to pray specifically for people that are unsure of their spiritual status in their relationship with God. And if that is you, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask everybody to pray this. And we're going to pray it on behalf of, of those who really need it. But I want us to pray this out loud because God is the one who will hear that sincere prayer. So please say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you right now just as I am. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, I invite you come into my life. Forgive my sins. Cleanse me and make me brand new. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that you died in my place so that I could receive the gift of eternal life. I receive it by grace, through faith. I'm now a child of God. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to look at the indwelling teacher, my helper, the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to spend eternity with you. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. 